August, welcome back for part two on DevKeel. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing really good, Dev. It's nice to see you. It's excellent to see you again, August. And for those who missed part one with August, which was such a scintillating conversation, you can click up here above, below, sideways, in a circle, wherever the link is. Go ahead and check it out after you watch this episode because we had such an incredible time. So let's talk about a little bit kind of the minutia of how you have your day-to-day, so to speak, of a minimalist lifestyle. Kind of the organization, the financial uh, considerations that you take into mind as well. And before we get too deep into that, uh, let's just have you please introduce our audience who didn't see part one, who you are, where you are, and why you decided to take this venture in your life as you have been doing. So I'm August. I um, run, I'm the founder of Minimalist uh, Living UK and I help people declutter their homes and lives to improve their mental and physical well-being. Uh, I'm transgender and I live in Birmingham in England, which is the second biggest uh, city in England. And yeah, I kind of do a mixture of coaching and blogging and writing. Just want to inspire people to embrace minimalism really. And the main thing that I love about what I do is just helping people grow. That's kind of the the greatest love for me. I've I've just uh, taken on two interns um, into Minimalist Living UK, and I'm so excited about seeing them grow and develop and invest in them. Yeah, so I just love seeing people, um, yeah, become their best selves. So that's why I love what I do. (laughs) Just briefly, because you kind of went into it in a previous episode, Why do you decide to change your life so much and for what purpose in this way? So in my mid-20s, I was diagnosed with complex post-traumatic stress disorder, which is a bit of a mouthful, but basically I've been through a lot of trauma in my life and that, that had compounded itself into things like nightmares, anxiety, depression. So I was in, I was really poorly and I was in a really, really tough place. Um, I wanted to get better and I came across a podcast on minimalism and thought wow this is alongside my therapeutic journey is really gonna help me get into a better place and so I've been a practicing minimalist uh, for about 10 years now and yeah it's massively changed my life. Is there anything that you've regretted with this change in your life anything at all like is there obviously a lot of benefits I can see but is there any one thing that sticks out to you say, oh, I should not have taken this path for whatever reason. I think out of all the items that I've kind of let go of, there's a couple that I'm like, mm, maybe I should have kept that. Um, but other than that, I, yeah, I have, I have no regrets really. Um, I mean, I, you want to have some regrets in life because otherwise it shows that you kind of didn't take any risks. Um, but yeah, I, I love the journey that I'm on and um, yeah, it's going really well. For me, if I would have thrown out a pillow or something like that, that I really, you know, needed to sleep well, I would have regretted that. But, you know, <laughs> I keep too much still. So, you know, I'm, I'm not quite there yet, but it's very inspiring when I listen to you, at least, you know. Um, August, what, let's get into like how your lifestyle is, right? Because I think this is what we'll focus on for this episode. How would you say the importance of, practicing daily routines is incorporal to your minimalist living journey? Like, are you 
by nature, really organized person? And do you have like these to-do lists or how is your day-to-day as far as how you plan it, but also maybe balancing that with how you relax and do other activities? So in terms of like personality, I probably would say I am a bit more naturally on the organized side, but what has really pushed me into being organized is having and struggling with a disability. And a lot of people will tell you that if they have a disability, that forces them to be organized. Because if you've got extra appointments, if you uh, need to plan more to just get around the place, um, I find that disabled folks actually are just, yeah, more more naturally having to be organized. Um, So I think that kind of plays into it a little bit. But I think like a lot of minimalists, I have various kind of routines that I use throughout the day to kind of just keep my mind clear and focused on my goal and to, you know, make me feel happy and content and as peaceful as possible. So for me, it really starts with my morning routine. So I start my day, I don't have my phone (laughs) with me um, because the previous night I, I put it away and I tend to maybe do a little bit of reading, a little bit of Bible reading. And I start my day with some kind of guided meditation. Um, I use Alexa for that, not that this is a promo for Alexa, but having Alexa rather than having to pick up my phone has been a real game changer for me. And the reason is, is because I knew that once I picked up my phone to check the time or check an email. I don't know that one. Alexa. She's talking. Yeah, Alexa's talking to you there. I can stop one second, just turn her off. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry about that. Just <laughs> Oh, that's that's fun. We like that. Um, yeah, so having um Alexa was really helpful for my RSI and also then not if I picked up my phone to check the time, I would then somehow end up on social media. So actually making Uh, my phone inaccessible for some parts of the day has been a real game changer for me. And then in the evenings as well, I tend to put my phone away about nine o'clock at night, put it on charge and then try and have about an hour of winding down because that's really good sleep hygiene. There's tons and tons of studies that show that, you know, looking at screens, whether that's phone screens or TV screens or laptop screens, that kind of blue light that's in those screens really disrupts our kind of sleeping patterns. So having that sort of hour before bed to just do some reading, I do some boring things sometimes like Sudoku, or um, again, I do another guided meditation that just really helps me kind of maintain my focus and then get a really, really good night's sleep. And then there's lots of other um, little things that I do in terms of particularly like my digital minimalism. I just unsubscribe from everything. So if I get an email in the day, that I don't need a newsletter that I signed up for years ago that's kind of popped back up I'll kind of unsubscribe from that and in terms of paper clutter as well I kind of have a system where everything either falls into kind of four categories which is filing recycling actions um or I had one other I think it's archiving and so the things that kind of need um recycling filing just get done straight away And then I have a little paper pile, which is stuff that I have to do. So things like paying a bill, things um, like having to arrange an appointment. And that just kind of makes things manageable. 
so it's lots of kind of little habits that I have throughout the day that just um yeah maintain my focus and, and help me have a, a smoother and better day do you find it hard with this journey that you're on in your life that stress is very integral day to day or is it more manageable for you now over these last 10 years like can you more consciously balance your stress levels or do certain things just affect you still day to day by this idea of you've weeded out let's say so many issues in your life so many things whatever it might be do any other variables in general with how you've created your life affect you in a very stressful sort of way so I think there's events that are within our control and there's stuff that's out of our control so, for example, I became homeless back in October, um, not something in my control, but I've never been so more grateful that I was a minimalist at that point because it made moving my stuff easier. I didn't have, um, because I had worked over the years to become debt free, I didn't have that to contend with. So, for me, minimalism helps maximize my happiness and kind of peace within what is within my control because you know life always happens unfortunately we have car accidents people get sick sometimes we're landed with an unexpected bill but by creating these daily routines and by reducing all of the stress that's within our control to an absolute minimum it means that you have space to breathe when stuff does go wrong and because I have um PTSD and sometimes I will just have a whole week of nightmares something will trigger it off and I get really really tired again in that situation where I just need to take a day to sleep or a day to rest because I've minimized all my commitments and I don't have loads of cleaning to do because I live in a little studio flat life is just easier and so it's definitely minimalism has had a massive impact on my mental well-being and it makes everything a lot, lot easier to manage. Wow, that's really insightful. Um, do you find it generally difficult in any way to have um, time where you really should be relaxing or having, let's say, fun, <laughs> quote unquote? Like, do you feel it's forced sometimes or do you truly like set everything aside and go into that you know piece of that peaceful space yeah so I think when I'm at home on a normal week it's very easy to maintain a routine and sometimes you know it does feel like particularly with doing meditation sometimes it can get a little bit boring and then you kind of want to this is why I like guided meditations because you can do all different types of ones so kind of switch things up and sometimes I do feel like I have to push myself a little bit but then I know overall it's going to make my week so much better I re I do you know struggle sometimes particularly if I'm unwell or if I'm going particularly away on holiday as well because you're not in the same environment that throws your routine a little bit but I find that overall I'm able to pretty much kind of maintain most of those things most days and the great thing is is that because again I've reduced commitments reduced lots of things I genuinely do a nine till five most weeks Monday to Friday on Saturday morning I'll spend an hour cleaning and then the, all the rest of the time is free time and I never pack my schedule 
so much that if I'm feeling you know really run down because I've not slept because of nightmares or because something else has popped up that I can't just take the afternoon off work for a nap and I've very much set up my life to be flexible around my illness and to be flexible around my needs so yeah and you know always sometimes you feel you can be doing a little bit more that's what capitalism does it always says you're never doing enough and that's something I think all of us have to kind of always fight against in terms of feeling good enough feeling like we've done enough and again having doing self-compassion meditations really really helps kind of combat that feeling and feeling like I am enough I've done enough I absolutely deserve to relax and if I want to spend the whole afternoon eating ice cream and watching Disney films if I want to and that's great (laughs) wow that's excellent I that really inspires me to try to be more like that for sure you know because it's, it's almost like you got to take out a part of your brain just to say okay i can't you know don't continue with these things set your time and energy aside for these other things that are really important too you know that kind of equilibrium that we all so truly desire you know um on the financial side august do you have a particular um long-term plan financially like especially through being on this minimalist journey that has inspired you for, let's say, a certain goal for your financial future? And how does that take into account now as well, how you spend your money and in which way you really are disciplined to spend your money? Yes, I spent the past few years getting myself out of debt, which has been a really important journey for me. And currently I'm saving up for an emergency fund. Most kind of financial people will say the best thing to do is to have an emergency fund that you don't touch, which is around three months of your living expenses. Because then if anything goes wrong, like you get made redundant or the house is set on fire or, you know, any of those kind of things that just can hit you out of the blue. Um, And we live in, you know, really uncertain economic times. You have that backup. So my kind of current plan is to save up for my emergency fund. And then after that, I will be um, looking to invest and to save up for a home. And I really want to build my own tiny home, uh, which is gonna be an adventure (laughs) because I don't know how to do a load of DIY. I'm hoping someone can build it for me. There are tiny house builders in the UK, but I essentially want a mortgage-free life. I want to spend about £8,000 building my own home, putting it on a piece of land on the edge of a city where I can get transport in and out of the city and then just pay ground rent for the rest of my life. And most tiny homes to kind of proper UK building standards will basically last about 30, 40 years. So hopefully until I retire. So not having to pay rent will mean that I can then, you know, or at least pay kind of lower, a much lower ground rent. And maybe a third of what I would pay normally in rent for, you know, something like a house or a flat will mean that I can save a massive amount of money and um, one, put money into things that I really care about, invest in my business and also secure myself, um, a, give myself a secure retirement. That's the kind of long term goal. That sounds, sounds like you got a, a really great strategic long term plan there and and also i would say a bit adventurous as well if i if i might because it's you know you it would kind of give you the capacity to see and be places that 
of your interests, you know, which is, I think, very inspiring for a lot of people, you know. Um, uh, just a couple more questions, August, with the time we have left. One is, what is the main thing that you found people are coming to you when they either want to work with you, which will include all of August's details below? What is the main thing that they come to you of either concern or of aspiration as far as trying to have a similar life style for their own particular journey? So I think most people, um, particularly in the UK, aren't so aware of minimalism. I know it's a bigger thing in the States. And so a lot of my work is kind of doing education and raising awareness about the minimalist lifestyle. So most people come to me initially because they just feel overwhelmed by stuff. So either they are struggling with hoarding disorders or they want to, they have a specific goal in mind, i.e. in six months time, I want to be able to move house and not take a load of stuff with me that I don't need. And I want to get the house kind of showroom ready. So most people come and most people's gateway into minimalism is that kind of journey of decluttering. But then once we start to work through some of that stuff and they kind of gain that muscle in terms of letting things go, often other things will come up, you know, things like habits, time management, setting boundaries. And really we kind of, you know, enter into that area of the wider things about letting go in terms of, you know, letting go of past hurts, past regrets, and really, really embracing the life that they they have always wanted to live, but never had the skills to kind of achieve or have the support to kind of get there. I think that's the main, from our previous conversation, this one as well, I think that's one of the biggest things, like creating the life you want, right? Creating yeah. the way in which you truly want to live, where you're not feeling like you're for lack of better expression, in prison in a certain way, whether, mm. whether it be for work, whether it be with people around you, whether it be with certain, you know, ongoing habits that you have that you want to improve, et cetera. Right? It's like creating that life that you truly desire, you know? And I think that's why speaking with you and then the, the theme itself is just so incredibly important because it's like helps you hone down on those things you truly want in your life and nothing more, which I think is awesome. Uh, August, lastly, um, within your periphery, like close friends, maybe family, has there been someone that you've inspired and who are taking a similar path as you? Yeah. So I've got a friend that I'm very, very close with and they saw what I was doing and invited me in to do some decluttering work with them. And they are looking to kind of move house in six months and we went through basically the whole house and have decluttered most of it. And now they are also kind of going on that journey of sorting out their finances and uh, sorting out their relationships, which is really, really fantastic. Uh, I either get the response from kind of friends and family of, oh, that's really inspiring or, oh, I could never do that. Yeah, <laughs> but then yeah. when we actually have conversations about, you know, how it would be helpful and change their lives I can see them start to think oh maybe and often it's a misconception about what minimalism minimalism is you know most people think oh it's living in a house with white walls with one single lone coffee cup on a you know on a table and they think you're just going to ask them to get rid of all of their stuff which is really not about it's about curating an intentional life where whether it's objects commitments relationships are 
intentionally in, in your life, not just there by, by accident. And they're all things that are kind of either, you know, practically helping you or supporting you to be the person that, that you want to be and the person that, you know, you want to be within your community as well. So intentional living that that is, you know, something from our first conversation now that I'm going to definitely take away. And hopefully it is put more into action for me personally as well as like, that's the thing is like, I think your journey and others who fall within that same theme and lifestyle as we're talking about, you know, it's, there's a lot of uh, awareness brought into your life, a lot of intentionality with what you do and yeah, no, a few things slip here and there, but you're doing something with a specific purpose and strategic mind frame, which I think is just incredible. And August, we don't have any more time right now, unfortunately, but we're going to find a really, really interesting sort of dynamic in the future with our guests that I hope you'll definitely be a part of if you'd be so inclined. But for now, where can people uh, connect with you, find you, work with you, and just know more about you on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, so main place to find me is www.minimalistliving.uk. There you can find about coaching workshops that I do. I'm also running a retreat in the UK in the autumn if you want to kind of come for a day. Um, It's the Compassionate Minimalist Retreat and I would love to see you there. And on the socials, you can find me at August Gowan on Twitter. And you can also search for me um, by typing in Minimalist Living UK into Facebook and Instagram. And I just, yeah, love to love to connect with people. So, you know, drop, drop me a line. <laughs> we'll make sure that our colleague includes all of your information, the description, the pin comments, the show notes on all platforms. And I encourage all of our listeners and viewers to go follow August, check August out and work with August, uh, for, and be inspired, you know, more than anything. August is just an amazing person to connect with. And I encourage you all to, uh, fly over there, wherever you are in the world and be a part of that. That sounds really great. Maybe with some of that, uh, that future money you're saving up there, August, you can, uh, get my ticket. No, (laughs) no, I'm joking. But August, thank you so much again for being on another episode of Dev Keel. And I encourage all of our listeners, viewers, check out part one, which was such an incredible conversation as well. And we thank you all for listening to you today. Take care, everyone.